Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing the podcast chris let's tell everyone about our brand new sponsor yes new sponsor alert egg fried brand new clothing brand from our very own home county of essex if you're into street art comic books kind of alternative lifestyle kind of gigs watching cool films crazy art throwing a kind of little bit of asian culture and a a slightly warped sense of humour and then you kind of get where they're going with egg fried right what do they make they make punchy graphic tees hoodies sweatshirts wicked art prints as well as a denim range that's handmade in house which I think is really cool because it supports that slow fashion movement it's domestically made stuff and it lasts a long time and that's really where we're going now we shouldn't be buying a load of throwaway stuff absolutely and they're supporting your wallets as well and let me tell you how they're doing that if you go over to eggfried.com, go and buy some of their amazing garments, throw them in your uh, basket. Before you check out, they have given you lovely listeners an exclusive 10% discount code. And that discount code is EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D. Put that in, save yourself 10%. And, and if you're not even up for spending money on yourselves, who else can they spend their money on, Chris? They have a kids range called Small Fried. Very cute, very cool, and that's also available at eggfried.com. Official sponsors of Hardcore Listing. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. Uh, my name is uh, Stuart Roy Whiffin. Uh, I'm arguably uh, the kind of better half of the presenting duo. Uh, sitting opposite me via the means of Zoom today is... I wouldn't say you're the better half. You're the half that looks more like the lead singer of Scooter. No, it's uh, Chris Grasson. Hello. Well, you're obviously referencing the fact that I've dyed my hair again, right? But what's gone weird is, like, when when we like the hairdresser done it, it when I washed it all off, it had gone like blue, but not like blue, like blue rinse. Like incredible. And I was like, oh no. And uh, he went, oh, don't panic, don't, don't, don't panic, like, but it'd be all right. And then he's put some more stuff on it. And so what's happened is it's not really gone, it's gone like kind of like silver. So what 
I was hoping would make me look a little bit younger, has in fact made me look grey now because it matches my beard. <laughs> so it just <laughs> makes me look like a pensioner now. <laughs> so, uh, totally backfired. Mate, honestly, it looks good. All right. stick, stick with it, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like stitch you up. Yeah, with that, you like, wouldn't do that, would you? Yeah. No, well, yeah, completely would. But yeah, I well, do, do what you feel. Before we introduce uh, today's guest, yes. um, we should also say to uh, any new listeners that Hardcore Listing Podcast is a podcast where we have guests on. Sometimes we don't, and what we do when we have uh, when we press record is. We pick a topic. We pick a topic, or the guest picks a topic, and we count down a top five within that. And that's pretty much the the, the bones of the podcast, right, Chris? That's it, mate. And we might zone in and out of talking about the top fives and any other subject that we sort of like come across in just casual conversation, mm. you know. Um, just a shout out to our sponsors, Bang Boom Creative. Uh, and Luke, thank you very much for the wonderful photo shoots you've been doing for us yep. and all that wonderful content there. And also, Love Beer and Charles. And uh, Charles has got a, a secret project on the go involving a Land Rover, and it's called Project Land Rover. So, I don't know. He looks good from mm. what he's doing. Mm. I can't wait to um, see how that all works out. Sorry, he's um, got a project yeah. going on with a Land Rover, and it's called what? Project what? Land Rover. Right, oh, right. Okay, okay. I thought you said Land Rover. That was all. And, uh, no. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Uh, You've got me confused yeah. now. What have I said wrong here? No, nothing, nothing. Come on. No, he, you know, he's, uh... no. Range Rover. Land Rover. Ra- I, I don't know. I know that you always try and catch me out with names. <laughs> Devil's in the details. It's a car, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and shout out to our, um, our, our, um, our producer, 76, yes. for producing and making this sound brilliant during a, a strange time. 100%. So... We, uh, we we've got a great guest today. We've we've um we, we've had a right touch lately. We uh we, we often ask uh, our listeners what have been their um, favourite episodes in the in the archives and you know on the back catalogue of, of hardcore listing and and we, we've, we've sort of gone back and, and we've started to revisit uh, a few of the most popular the ones that never get mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously we recorded with. Um, both uh, Billy and Rowena, uh, which was a couple of weeks ago. So if you've missed that, go and check out Top 5 Screams in Records with them, because that was a, a lot of fun. Uh, but w- one of the guests that is, is a constant sort of reoccurring uh, name that pops up when we ever ask, you know, what's been your favourite episode, um, is, is always um, today's guest, which is uh, Gary Mansfield. Hello. Hiya, mate. You are right. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Suck out. Excellent. Your, your hair's looking cool, mate. Thanks, mate. He's <laughs> looking good. <laughs> Pair of pricks. I know you're taking the piss. Oh, right. oh thank, thank you. Um, well, I, well, well, actually, that that all nicely linking to Ga- the Gary's choice of top five. But Gal, thank you so much for coming back on, man. Oh, you're um, more than you know, welcome. Like, like, like Stu said, it, that was an incredible um, top five. Thank that you. you. You came and did last time, and. Um, you know, it was one of those ones where actually you managed to silence me and Stu for pretty much the whole, the whole episode. <laughs> well, I've got plenty you know? of love back from your listeners over it, that's for sure. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. Um, well, I think uh, that, 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 I mean, what we should also say, in, in the time that um, has, has elapsed from your, your first uh, time coming on the podcast, which was the first time that I'd met you as well... Um, yeah. You, you've you've took your podcast and, and really grown that as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, it's done well. It's it's done pretty all right. 
And so for, for listeners that um, might be unaware of your podcast, do you want, do you want to sort of tell them a little bit about you know, what it is? Sure. Well, it's called the Ministry of Arts podcast, and I just interview an artist every week. I ask the same seven questions and have a, a chat about their, their life and their artwork. Um, I love to hear people's backstories, and I'm more interested in, or I'd rather say I'm equally interested in their backstory as to where their um, artwork is going and where it is and where they are on the artist's ladder. 100%. 100%. I mean, your, your backstory, and what I'd say is your backstory and your run-up to art is all covered in our previous yeah. podcast, which I, you know, I really do recommend. And we will, we will, when we post this, we will share links to your your fucking mad story yeah. about how sort of like you found yourself and, and found your passion for art and, 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 and the place where you discovered yeah. it which is not um, which wasn't like just in the you know the colleges of like an art school or you know doing That's your A level bits and pieces it was uh, it was quite a curious way well I'm definitely not the person you think of when you think of an artist <laughs> definitely <laughs> that's all I'm all I'm gonna say uh, okay well um, what are you gonna do for your top five today Gal? Well, I wanted to do top five uplifting lockdown moments. Okay. Because it's all been a, it's been a shitty few months for for everyone, um, and I've seen a, I've seen a few beautiful things happen. Um, only locally. I mean, four of them are local, and one of them isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but just little things that you see in your community. I mean, I live in a um, on a council estate that has, has got you know most council estates have a, have a bit of a bad name. And during times like this, when you see nice things happen in, a, in an area that is sort of neglected even by the council, you know, it's, it's nice to see people come together and caring for each other, you know? Totally, yeah, totally. Socially distanced coming yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's great, Gary. I, I, I do think it's been a very strange time, and I think, you know, sometimes that... that I think you've got to be, you've got to find gratitude every day, yeah. and and you you've got to find those moments of um, and hope and joy. And there, there have been some throughout lockdown, um, alongside all the you know the, the sad misery and frustration that I think we've all you know we've all felt in peaks and troughs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, good shout. I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that you know a lot of us have had time to kind of assess the, the situation and also yeah. assess like you know spend a bit of time. You know, looking at how you know, re- reflecting on how you live your life because yeah. the, the whole structure of it has changed. You know, and it's it's out of your control to a degree. It's you know, it's a global thing that's happening, and I, and I think there's been a lot of reflection, which which I think when you do that, you know, you you, you know, hopefully you, you find positives in that as well. Yeah, and, uh, and it makes you appreciate time. Um, you know, friends, family, other people, interactions 100%. with other people, even interactions with strangers, it makes you appreciate, you know, when it's all taken away from you. Yeah. And, like, I, as, um, you know, was mentioned in my last podcast, I spent years in prison. So, lockdown for me has been a fucking piece of piss. But yeah. just lots of other oh, people... Think of that. It's, not, it's not even, yeah, you, yeah lots of other people birth, mate, what is this? It's what it's like to be sort of a prisoner, albeit in your own yeah. home, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, what's number five, Gal? Well, number five is when I say it's all local and personal. This one's a bit too personal. At the start of lockdown, my son was one of those who was in his last year at school, in his fifth year or, or oh, year yeah. eleven, um, and he got sort of on the Friday. He went to school and they said, "Right, that's it. This is your last day at school." Three months before they should have um, ended. So 
all of our kids on, in that year had just left school without knowing, you know, on the, on the day, um, he was a bit confused, didn't know what to do. He'd started, he was heading towards doing something in sports, going to college to do something in sports. Um, he could know, you know, he couldn't go to the gym anymore. So he said about how can he make some weights at home? So we spent the, the day, me and him, we got some of those heavy um, paving bricks, which were about just over two kilos each. And we spent the day doing a sort of MacGyver way of making a little, some dumbbells and, and weights, you know, out of these um, bricks, drilling holes in the bricks, putting rope through them so he's got this large dumbbell. And it... He was so fucking infused, considering he's one of them kids who's always on his fucking Xbox, do you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he really surprised me when he went, right, I want to do something. And, and we spent the whole day out there just trying to drill, and I'm getting him to do it all, you know, drill through yeah. the brick, put the, the rope through, cut the wood out to make the, the, the bar, you know. And it, it was, and I put it on, and I don't put much online about myself, like on Facebook and that. But this is one of the few when I just put these little pictures of him making his weights, and, and it was fucking brilliant. It I was saw, really good. I saw it, and I thought it looked oh, you amazing. Did. Yeah, the weights look really cool. Yeah, they're all right. They're pretty good. Did you um, did you use a masonry tip drill, or did you was you out there all day because you was trying to use wood? No, we had like a little chisel, and we was chipping away. Of course, I used a fucking masonry drill. I'm not a div. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that is so much fun to do those sort of things, and and I guess like it has it has forced creativity in those sort of things, and and, and does get to yeah. bring people together and spend more time doing. I don't know, like there's more. I used to be, I used to do so much, many more like odd things like that with my dad back in like the early nineties yeah. than I've ever done like you know the, the turn of the century. Do you know what I mean? Like ha- hands on sort of. Stuff like it's so much fun. Yeah, there's something I think it's and it's like art and it's like what, what you know doing art or anything anything like carpentry. There's something satisfying about you know doing stuff with your hands and having an end result and seeing an end result. Yeah, yeah, definitely a fit. Something something tangible. Yeah, that isn't on a screen. You know, it's lovely. It is good, man. And what a day! What and a on day the flip to side that. to that, we've also because I was a bit worried about. Like, I've got a 16 year old boy and a 13 year old girl, and I was a bit worried about. Um, you know, because they was confused, everyone was concerned, we all thought we was going to die, you know, all that at the start of lockdown, we didn't know what was happening. So just to get them off of their screens in their bedrooms, like we sort of refigured the back garden, we pulled the, the path up and moved the path across, because we'd been planning to do it for years, we've dug up the lawn and re-turfed it, you know, but just to keep them occupied. Yeah, and it was because, I mean... You know, I don't know when, but you know, when you're listening to this, but um, you know, we're what four months into lockdown? Yeah, nearly, nearly five, five months. Five. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, five. You know, them them early moments of when all of a sudden you was allowed to leave the house for like one bit of exercise a day. Yeah. Um, it it was quite scary times, and yeah. and you know, the, the the news was constantly you know updating you on the amount of people that were dying, and and it was. It was pretty scary, wasn't it? And it was like... Yeah. I mean, okay. it was scary for adults, let alone children who don't quite understand. You know, they thought it was the end of the world, you know? And the thing is that, you know, you know, my kids are roughly the same age as yours, Gal, yeah. and, and I know for a fact that, you know, all they do is look at their phones, like, constantly. And so yeah. you're just getting it reiterated, just thrown in your face that 
this is happening, this is happening. And like nobody had any answers. So it was no. just kind of everything was getting magnified and, and it was terrifying. And, you know, me and Chris have spoke about this on podcasts around, you know, when it was happening, saying I had to just kind of back off of social media yeah. because, you know, it, it wasn't wasn't doing me any any good it was no mate it weren't helping and 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 it it helped me i'll tell you what it helped um in terms of something that that's been really great for me is rediscovering learning and it because i've seen such shit arguments all the time for and against and how the government had handled it and just from all spectrums of like ideological and political and just arguments that were just ill-conceived poorly thought out and I was just like, like, sure. I was like, I can't, I can't watch everyone tear strips off each other. Yeah. And everyone felt, just was so confident in their opinion of it. It's like none of us really no. can answer this. Yeah. Like, and, and you can't answer it in a social media post. Get outside your back garden, get a masonry drill bit, and make yourself some flipping, yeah. you know, weights. Yeah. That's, That's incredible. It was I, I, at the time you said, oh, "I'm just going to learn," and I remember thinking, "Oh, fair play, mate." And by the end of that week, you showed me, didn't you? You could do your own laces up, and I was just like, oh, bless him. <laughs> he's still got the little bunny rabbit, bunny rabbit, round the log and through. And oh, just, no, 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 no. Yeah, Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> baby, baby steps, guys. You know, I've come to accept I'm not Einstein. <laughs> well, you, you, you say, like, um, the, 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 the main thing that I... You know, if I was to sort of throw one in, a positive that I saw very early on um, was the fact that I think one of the real, well, I won't say it just in case it's part of yours, but but when I go out for a run in the morning, like generally a runner will wave to another runner or just acknowledge if you run past each other, you just, you know, give each other a, a nod. But when lockdown first happened and there was people out, like, you know, walking the dog or, you know, just a couple walking along on the other side of the road, obviously at that time you wouldn't go anywhere near them because, you know, you were just petrified of, yeah. you know, of, no one really knew. And, and, and you know, like where you live, Gal, like Chris and I live in, you know, pretty similar areas. They're, they're not necessarily the sort of places that pre-lockdown you would have walked along and gone, morning! Like, <laughs> yeah. People would think, you know, what the fuck? You're out here. Like, <laughs> What's you know? he up to? Yeah, exactly. And so, but that was the first thing that struck me was that desire and that to, to, to connect with it. Want of other. interaction, yeah. Because, because they were starved of it. And, you yeah. know, I was mm. starved of it. And it was like, it wasn't just the runners that had run past me and say good morning, someone on the other side of the road walking their dog would go, morning. And I go, yeah. oh, morning. And and just them little things, I thought, oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And, yeah, um, that that was my first kind of positive in this. I just thought people are realising the value of, of connection and, and interaction and how yeah. vital it is to our day. And, and yeah, I hope we learn something from that. Uh, I mean, I've found in, in life or in general that it takes quite a lot of negativity to bring me down but it only takes a fraction of fucking positivity to to lift me up you know and i don't know if anyone else is the same there Abs- yeah. <coughs> gary absolutely mate I, i'm, I'm kind of like that and, and smiling to people yeah. I, I just do it and I, you know i've just it's not not hard and, and, and you're gonna say i'm 
hanging outside toilets and stuff like that. Oh, actually, some, I really was as well. I really some, was trying to find an angle to get that in. And sometimes, you know what, mate? Sometimes I am. Oh, right? that creepy then, smile outside anything. the ladies' I'm not, toilets. I'm not doing anything. I'm not causing any harm. Um, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just lurking. There's nothing sinister going on. That's why he was well, saying about well, the drill bits. He makes the, the glory hole, doesn't he? <laughs> Do you use a wood drill bit, Stu? Um, Chris? <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, um, but no, I'm, I'm completely the same. I think it's, it's, you know, to just be a bit nice. So easy as well. Yeah. And I'm not, and, and, I, and, and I don't do it, and I'm not feigning night pleasantness. It's not like a fucking fake smile on plastic. Like, I, I generally am just wanting to, and I'm the same. When people do it to me, I've read it some. It's such a, it's, it was a silly little. It was before sort of Facebook, and a, a, a girl at school said it to me, and it was some sort of you call it a meme now, and it was something like you know, it, you know, if you you make someone's that you, you can brighten someone's day just by a simple smile, yeah. and, and as silly as that is, it is true, man. Yeah, just be careful where you start doing that, though. Chris, <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes you might misjudge the situation and take your hands out your pockets <laughs> <laughs> down, down the front of my tracksuit bottoms. <laughs> Um, all right, number four, Gal. Number four. Well, we've got a homeless guy round here. Well, he's not even... He's not homeless. Um, he's got mental health issues. Um, I thought he was homeless the first several times I saw him. Yeah. Uh, until yeah. I give him a lift round the shops, and it turns out he's got a flat just next door. But his name's Dave. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. So his name's Dave. Right, mate. Temperature. And, <laughs> yeah. Um... So I live in a, a road that's like a sort of horseshoe shape or a tear shape. You drive in, you drive out. You don't go anywhere if you, you know, you're only visiting a house if you come up yeah. into my road. And I noticed that he just kept passing my front room window, you know, walking around in circles. And this was last year when it was fucking hot. He had a big coat on. And in the end, I went out and asked him if he was all right. And he said he's looking for Ken because Ken's got his tools. So I even walked around with him, this little bit that we live on, and he said that he's given these tools to Ken. Ken's put them in his cupboard, because we've got a load of pram sheds, if anyone knows what fucking pram sheds still are. We've got them round here. Um, and a few other neighbours, when people saw me walking about, other neighbours who I, I don't know um, asked me if he was all right. And Anyway, he's, he, he does that a couple of times a week for a couple of hours at a time. Um, everyone, well, a lot of people ask if he's seen Ken and he still hasn't found Ken. I saw him during lockdown. I can't remember when it was, but it was near the start of lockdown. I asked him if he was all right. I said, have you found your tools? And he said, no, but I've found Ken's mum. Ken's mum said that he's moved away and probably took the tools with him. Um, but he said his mum was Jamaican and Ken was white. And I mean, I don't know Ken. I don't even know if he was he was real, you know. But then I saw him speaking to this black lady um, as I was driving out. And then when I've come home, I've seen her and I got talking to her. And I said, oh, I didn't realise that Ken was real. She went, oh, no, no, he's not. She said, uh, I just told you, like she'd had a chat with him. She had told him that she was Ken's mum and Ken's moved away to stop him sort of screwing his head walking around. Um, She went, but now he, every time I see him, he knocks and comes round. He sits in the garden and I sort of either stand at the front door or, or out of the front room window, we have a chat. She said, it helps me for an hour a day. I'll make him a cup of tea, give him a sandwich. 
and I thought that was fucking beautiful. You know, yeah. it's, it's got rid of that bit of thing that's been going around his head for like a year, looking yeah. for these tools. Um, and she's just in a in a fucking little blink of an eye. She said that she's his mum. He's moved away. That solved that problem. Um, and she's lonely. And she has a, a chat for an hour every day or, you know, whenever. I thought it was fucking beautiful, you know? That's really nice. That's very yeah. cool. That's really nice. Yeah, it's so brilliant, cool. isn't and it? it? And it's a good... I can't um, believe she's fucking saying it. No, it's really nice, mate. It's, um... I think with mental health and, like, obviously mum's got dementia and I read a book, like, a while ago, a good four or five years ago, called Content Dementia. And it's a bit like the same, I think, in certain situations with mental health where there's no real point in challenging the person with the problem that they have because they're not operating logically like you. Yeah. Hence why Ken, bless him, was doing that circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and sometimes you try and confront that scenario with a logical mind and say, well, I couldn't say this to Ken because obviously you know, you're aware that doesn't add up and it doesn't make sense. But sometimes to other people, depending on what they're suffering from, it doesn't matter. No. It can just be such a mad... It can make no sense to you or other people. But if that person... It gives them a solution to what's causing them anxiety, nothing else matters. Yeah. And, and like, so, like, yeah, so it's beautiful she's did that. Like, for example, my mum will ask, uh, where's dad? Dad, God bless his soul, passed away yeah. quite a while ago. Yeah. And, and, and I'll just say, is it the golf club? And for ages before that, I wouldn't exp- like to start with. I try explaining what happened, and then realise it doesn't matter because you don't remember, no. and it's just you don't want to put her through it. So then I'd think of other solutions, and I'd always have some sort of logical way of winding the story where he was. And then I realised all she needs to hear is he's at the golf club, yeah. mm. and she, it can be half eleven at night. She just accepts it, yeah. and she can ask me that every hour for a week. And never once go, you said that to me one <laughs> yeah, minute ago. Yeah. And she's fine with it. And it's the same thing with Ket. Like, Ket, like um, is it David? Did you say Dave, what his yeah. name is? Dave, like, you know, if he was looking for something that he would never have found. And now he's been given a solution that sits well with him and actually benefits her. That's really, that's such a nice thing, man. Yeah, it was it's pretty a, cool. Yeah, great sign of um, looking out for each other 100%. in lockdown. 100%. Number three, Gal. Well, we've got a little Tesco's just a, a little way from us, and it's only got, I don't know, three tills or something. Um, so it's easy to shoplift out of. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're tinfoiling inside of your jacket and all that. Yeah. Stuff, yeah? So when they done the shutdown, they shut down the middle... Uh, sorry, when they done the lockdown and the, the first measures, they shut down the middle till and just had the two outer ones for, for distancing. Well, there was this... Little old girl in there, she was in a, a, a proper, you know, getting herself in a little bit of a state. Um, she was a little bit scared of what was going on. Um, and when she's gone down to the till, you could see that she was really worried about being close to the person um, behind the till. You know, just every, every little bit of, of scare that we mentioned earlier on. Um, and then she's got sort of like a, a half a bag's worth of shopping, you know. And she's pulled out this bag of pennies and, like, loose chains to try and pay, I don't know, say it was seven quid. And you could see everyone sort of looking by. (laughs) And she's just so apologetic that she's taking ages to do the counting. And then she'd drop a little bit of money on the the metal surface there and pick it up and start again. Well, in the end, she's holding this handful of money and she's dropped it on the floor. 
So people have sort of broke conditioning and sort of helped to pick this change up, you know. I, I wasn't one of them, fucker. Um, no, <laughs> no, I was, I was a few, <laughs> I was a few further back, you know. Um, you've got pre, you got previous. Picking <laughs> up some, yeah. someone else's change. Yeah, I picked a change up back and fucking run out the door. But um, no, so, so a few people had gone by and helped her pick this up. But then, when she's come up, she, when she's come back and they've put all the change in her hand, she's gone. Oh, I have got pan coins here, and it turns out like the people that had helped to pick her up pick up this loose change, had banged in a pound coin oh, and a two pound coin. Do you know what I mean? And it, it oh. genuinely brought a fucking tear to my eye and, and like, you know, everyone around us who, who heard it. You know, she's gone, oh, I've got a... Here is a two pound coin here and there's a pound coin. And you just see people looking at each other smiling. It was fucking brilliant. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, wasn't it just? That's so nice. And, 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 and that reminds me um, of something that I saw very early on as well. Um... We've got a friend, like a mutual friend, Chris and I, uh, a DJ called. Well, he calls himself Matt Emulsion, uh, but he's, he's he's a lovely fella, Matt, and um, and he works for the NHS, and uh, and this was literally like a couple of maybe three weeks into to lockdown. He put a video up, um, and he's you know he's a he's a romper boy, he's a you know he's he's, he's a lad, and uh, and he just put this video up of him in absolute tears in his car just saying I'd come home from work and I had my NHS um, laminate or whatever around my neck uh, and as I was queuing up in a Tesco's Express someone just walked up and just tapped their card and went I'll get you that mate oh so just, like, nice he said I was just getting like me, me food for the evening and stuff like that and someone just come up and paid his thing and just say thank you and it it absolutely done him. He was in tears, just going, "I've just, you know, the kindness of strangers, you know, nice. like just absolutely like knocked me sideways." That, you know, obviously at that time hardly anyone was working, and but obviously you know the NHS was, and yeah, just just them little things like that's incredible. You can just get sort of you know, and and just in in a time when Facebook was an awful place to be to be generally you know um to see a little thing like that and just to read the comments and stuff yeah. like that of everybody being so positive and everybody you know just yeah just sort of sharing that moment with him as well was really nice like mm. and, and it is it's them tiny little things like you know sticking another couple of quid in in her hand you know yeah. it's just, just wonderful you know and and I, I just hope that thing that sort of thing continues you know but post post covid when you know I, oh we've lost your shoot lost your i lost your signal didn't did you yeah yeah, yeah. You I, was, I missed yeah, you yeah yeah all oh, right what was that last thing you said I, I, you hope that oh uh, yeah just you said something about hello welcome to hardcore listings <laughs> <laughs> we've heard fuck all from you since <laughs> now i just hope that it continues like yeah. uh, as we come out of covid that you know that that we learn a little bit about how much do, we do absolutely man Doing good deeds is it's a weird thing because there's a big discussion on whether that's altruistic or not because actually doing a good deed actually benefits you because it makes you feel good. So can you ever, ever actually be altruistic? But regardless of that, doing it, it does have its own reward, you know. Yeah, that's, that's true nice what you're saying there. has its own reward. Sorry, it's true what you're saying there, Chris, but that's only from someone else's perspective. If you're doing yeah. it for no reason other than... Hmm. 
Because like, like the other day, for instance, I walked past a, a grave, we was over a graveyard, and, and someone had put a flower pot down that had fallen over. And I picked it up, and this woman had, like, you know, she smiled at me because I was walking past a grave and just put these flowers up. And it made, yeah, it did make me feel good, but I wasn't the reason that I'd done that, you know. I think it's an interesting debate that is altruism a, a real thing, but uh, like you say, like, like I, I don't, sometimes I'm not thinking about that. Yeah. I, I think you sometimes know, like, like, you shouldn't overthink that. I think sometimes just no, look at the simplicity not. of it and just yeah, think, just do exactly. if I've done something nice and if I feel better for doing that as well, that's a double bonus. Yeah. Exactly, it's a, it's a win-win. I just also just wonder how many people, how... You saw that as a beautiful thing, but from my perspective, I think, uh, with, the, with the change dropping, I think people are just sick of waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> just give us some fucking money, we are. Just get on with it. Now, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number two, girl? What you got? Number two. Um, we've got an old boy at the bottom of the garden. Uh, he doesn't live at the bottom of the garden. His house, his Where garden. Where the fucking hell do you live, girl? That's, that's kind of you, Gary. We've got a little bridge. He lives underneath it. <laughs> he, he, we give him free wishes and he grants them every now and then. Bless him. Um, yeah, we've got an old boy at the bottom of the garden, 94. Um, he's always out gardening. You know, he's... If my kids are in the garden, they go. They they love chatting to him. You know, they think he's the best gardener in the world because he knows everything about gardens. You know, he tells them their old stories of the war. Um, he was a Nazi. No, he was. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's um he was in the in the RAF. I think it was. Um, yeah, so he's a lovely old boy, and he's always down what he calls his club, like a day centre, a few miles away. Um, when lockdown come in, that was shut off. That was his only fucking lifeline. You know, his daughter lives in Spain. Um, so, you know, we've obviously said, you know, if you need anything down the shops, we'll get it for you and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but it was his birthday, maybe two months into lockdown, six weeks into lockdown. And one of the neighbours said, like, she's come round, give a knock. She went, oh, tomorrow morning at 10, we're going to knock on Frank's door and give him the cards, you know, if we haven't given it him already. So we've all give these, like, the birthday cards. And, and so we've gone round there at um, sort of 10 in the morning and one of the neighbours has put up all the Union Jack bunting um, all around, like, from his house up to the, you know, the fence at the front and then back again. And we, without him knowing, you know, putting up, put all this Union Jack stuff out, you know, because he's, he's in the EDL. Um, <laughs> but then we've, one of the neighbours has like knocked on his door and um, just as he's opened his door someone else has pressed play on this little thing and it's like we'll meet again and you know all that sort of oh, wartime stuff and this old boy's come out and he's looked around he's given us all this little weak wave you know what I mean and, he's got, and we've all started singing happy birthday to him at the same time and you can see he's a proper old school proud person. You know, he doesn't ask anyone for anything. He's he's got that strong bulldog mentality. You know, doesn't show emotion. Stiff he's up sitting a there and he's you know wiping his eyes and fucking hell, it was oh, beautiful. Okay. It was really lovely. It is. It That's... is all of these that you're talking about. It does just come back to connection and community, doesn't it? it yeah, it, it really does. And and. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And how we've all kind of seen the value in it when it's been taken away from us. Yeah, like, definitely. It's, it's, it's so important. It really is. A, a lot of us, a lot of us, do want to fight for it, you know. And 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 again, it's a thing. Like if you get, if you step away from just talking about it on social media, talk, like the amount of people who talk about what they're like, they're so vociferous on social media, one way or another, with whatever viewpoint they have. But in like action, in actuality, in their life, how much are they actually doing? Yeah. Are they doing just that one thing where? You know, other than you and that small part of the community who witnessed that and experienced that, and it was a great moment, especially for um, uh, the, 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 the old boy, um, no one else needed to know about it. It didn't need to, it didn't need to be posted anywhere yeah. for it to mean anything. Yeah. And it's nice. I, I, I'm all for it, like, t- taking, taking those sort of actions. Um, I sort of actions. am. I sort of am. But um, an example being um, the... Uh, the, the VE Day celebrations halfway through lockdown. Um, I, I, ho- I hope it was halfway through lockdown when people are listening back to this. Um, but yeah, maybe you know three months in. Um, and so a lot of people were having socially distant street parties. Yeah. And uh, one of which was in uh, was it was in like the road that I live in. Yeah. And uh, and I was quite. Um, oh, well, basically. An elderly woman who lives in the cul-de-sac I live in knocked on my door. Uh, and I'd never spoke to her before. And I'll, I'll chat to all the people down my road if I see them. And uh, she was like, um, hello. And I went, oh, hello. She went, um, blah, blah, blah. I live at number six or whatever. I went, oh, hello. And, uh, and she went, uh, the, the street party tomorrow. I was like... Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> she went, um, the, the guy that does the music uh, can't do it 
and he's told me that uh, you're 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 a person that can do all of that. And I was thinking, ah, uh, all right. <laughs> so there's a street party that, and now I've got a. Uh, and so I was I, like, I like indie and like well, it, and it was that was one of my thoughts so anyway you know I, I said to Carl and I'll, uh, I've got that that speaker that me and Chris bought to do live podcasts at yeah. so I thought I'll plonk that on the drive and I'll just have a look on Spotify and there's there was hundreds of VE of day like playlists playing virulent and all that so anyway um, I said to her like yep yeah, no worries uh, and she went oh thanks Martin and I just thought oh <laughs> Got my fucking name wrong, right? She might have thought it was Martin Kemp with a bar uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, she... Because then it turns out she's, like, one of the neighbours in the road that's really quite rude. Like, oh, yeah. quite, quite like, a, a stroppy old bag. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> anyway, she went, um... What, what I should have also said before she got my name wrong, she went, um, so when, when like, the fella couldn't do the music, they said, go and speak to the people that live in Arthur's ass. Right, Arthur, <laughs> owned, Arthur owned my house about 20 years ago, right? I've lived there six years. And, like, it's not like, go and ask Stu. It's like, go and ask the people that live at Arthur's ass. It's no, you think, Yeah, it's exactly how it felt. I thought, you cheeky old bag. Anyway... Size of your ego in this, honestly. Right. Trying to do a favour. Fucking, I'm, I'm Roy Tarmac. I'm da- do you not know me? I've been running a fucking pink tooth. Do you know what I mean? God knows that. It's like, I want you to clap at eight o'clock. 100%. Like, <laughs> I, was a fuck, I, I was a key worker that day, mate. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, right, the thing was, she called me Martin about four times. It started to really fuck me off, right? But anyway, so the next day I'll get up, put the speaker out there, and all the neighbours are all out. And and we're all kind of got like our little kind of deck chair type camping chairs, and we're all sort of popping up on the end of each other's drives, having yeah, like yeah, yeah. a little chat. Anyway, so I'm speaking to my mate Simon, who I went to school with, who lives next door to her, and uh, and he went, uh, oh, he said, how come you ended up doing the music? I said like, oh, she she knocked like I said I didn't know anything about this like she knocked yesterday and uh, and asked me if I'd do it because like Ian couldn't do the music and. Uh, and he went, well, you only found out about yesterday. And I went, yeah. And she went, didn't you get the invite, like, last week? <laughs> Everyone in the fucking row got an invite, apart from the people that live at Arthur's ass, until shit went south in the music. Begrudgingly, she knocks on Martin's fucking door and asks no. me to produce the music. That is unbelievable, yeah. man. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> you don't. I tell you what, though. They, they, you do look like you don't want to go to a party. You're, if they, they, they must know that you don't like organised fun. So they just thought let's keep him out of it. What I thought you was going to say after all of that is, it turns out Martin lives four doors down. Right. There's an, there's an actual Martin with a sound PA system who they wanted to do it. Unbelievable, it was unfucking. I mean, that said, oh, that was that was a day where. I think everybody. It was the. It felt to me the first day that everybody kind of just pushed the limits of what was allowed yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. and everybody alcohol, alcohol, like everybody, absolutely alcohol. Everybody was kind of shuffling their chairs a little bit further up the drive to hear what the neighbour was saying and and having yeah. a, a you know a drink and that. And I'll tell you what, like I mean, I don't think any any restrictions were necessarily broke, but it was. Like I took the dog for a walk afterwards, and like, and there were still street parties going on everywhere around where I live. 
And again, it was that community thing, and it was like, it was so nice to just hear crowds, hear people talking, mm. hear people laughing, you know, and it, and it was like a, a much needed thing that day, you know, yeah. taking nothing away from the enormity of what we was actually, you know, having street parties <clears> for. It did also work on, on, on another level, which was... Yeah. You know, Possibly brilliant. because of where we were at that time. 100%. 100%. Excellent. All right. Top spot, Gal. I don't, know what, I, I don't know what can top that, Gal, but go on. Well, I, I'm sure it will. Um, all of mine are local. The, the last one's global, which is the Black Lives Matter. Um, I mean, obviously... Its own thing was powerful anyway, but for the fact that the world was in lockdown, the world was scared of a stranger breathing on them or, you know, being close by. And then all of a sudden, everyone come out, or, you know, not everyone, but, you know, hundreds of thousands of people all around the world joined together. They wasn't afraid of COVID for a day, an hour, a week, a month. They wasn't afraid of it because there was a bigger agenda in society. And just all coming together at a time when everyone's telling us to stay apart, I think was fucking admirable. Mm. It- and it also showed, I think Pip was saying this uh, when we, we, we chatted about it, it showed that that solidarity just wasn't, you know, we often say that, you know, the the, the South East and London is, is, is more sort of like, Progressive and uh, the loudest voice when it to, when we're talking about these sort of r- racial issues, but actually what it actually showed is it wasn't just London no. that was doing it. Like it was happening all up and down the country and and and, and indeed all over the world yeah. quite quickly. I mean, like sometimes uh, it, it's scary that because you know it, it was so quick how how quick you know. But it was like how impressive is that? But like you know, we can see an injustice now or something go wrong. And that's still like in deep review of what's happening with that situation. You can see something go wrong where it's clearly fucking not right. And the world can be like, we, we can't, th- th- this has got to stop, you know. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. Well, it was it in was moments really, where really a, a lot of people may disagree with something they see and just mumble under their breath to themselves, oh, that's not right, you, you know. Mm. And then it's on their conscience for ages because they didn't say or do something. Then all of a yeah. sudden, everyone's standing shoulder to shoulder and mm. vocalising that this ain't fucking right. We ain't having it. You know, it, this has got to stop. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. And you went, you went to one of the... Because um, I, I kind of... Gave, I made a decision to keep myself um, not going to anything because... I. Because of mum, because our, our close signs are. I, I just, and and I obviously, just you're, you're, you're a massive racist. <laughs> I just. Yeah. Him and Frank were, were protesting. White lives matter. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, so so I, I stayed away, and but you, you went to the South End one, didn't you? Yeah. And um, again, it was really like, again, I, I'll let you explain, Stuart, what you're uh, You know, uh, it, it, it was. It was like, you know, we, we toyed because. Um, my my youngest daughter really wanted to go and um, be part of it. I wanted to voice her opinion, and and you know, as, as a parent, I hundred and ten percent want her to speak up for the things that she feels passionate about. So it was like, right, okay. And so we 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 sort of had a discussion about it, and was like, right, should we go to London tomorrow? And 
and we didn't, you know, we, we made a call on it that maybe London could be too dangerous. Just the fact that it was at Parliament Square and I was thinking you could get boxed in there quite easily and... And, you know, there was still a lot of concern as to, you know, being too near anybody. And, you know, obviously there still is. But um, but we said, you know, let's maybe not go to London. And, and we see that there was one in South End. And, uh, and I spoke to a few people, um, you know, about the one in South End. And, and, and you know, was joined and saw Pip there. And um, Sam Duckworth was there and Rich Wilson and Jade were there and and so it was like oh this is this is good like you know they were saying we're going to go to the, the, the South M1 and you know potentially I thought is there going to be 50 people there and uh and it was incredible we got there and there was definitely you know a few thousand people there and but as you walked in Everybody had masks on, everybody had gloves on, everybody was, they'd marked crosses on the floor everywhere in spray paint, so everybody stood two metres apart, and then it was just, it was brilliant, and it was it was so good to see so many people come out, and so many young people, so many young people that weren't looking at their phones, they were they were there because they wanted to be seen and be heard, you know, voicing their you know, contempt at what was going on, and and it was yeah, it was it was something that um I'll yeah I'll I'll definitely say that was one of the most passionate things I've I've seen during lockdown, and, uh, and I'm not talking about your box set of porn up, Chris. If you want to start mentioning that, but uh, but yeah, it was it, it it was you know, and and the whole thing that the Black Lives Matter thing, I think also we all had time to watch listen and learn because we weren't all rushing off to work we weren't all you know out and about you know shopping and whatever we you know it was it was something that you know whatever your opinion was on it there was so much information available for you to go and kind of make a you know a, a concise you know, belief structure in what you think's right and wrong, and 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 then there was also you know a, a myriad of places where you could go and you know voice that, and you yeah. know I, I think it was just yeah it was it, it was it's definitely something I think got so much traction so quickly due to there it being in lockdown. You know, do you think that's fair to say? I do, and beautifully said. I, yeah, I agree with all that. I, I would say that you had to sometimes pick the peanuts from the turd but, in terms of. But that's what, that's what anything being, on social media, yeah, isn't de- it? Yeah, yeah, press. De- de- yeah def- definitely. But um, I think it did give us, uh, it give, gave people the opportunity to reflect on these things, and and uh, you know you can see that in in so many ways in, in how many people have responded to it, and it's and good stuff. It, it was uplifting. It's a, it's a great it's a great shout, Gareth. And I don't mean to take it on a, a sort of downward spiral, but that just the image of seeing um, George being it, just laying on the floor with that fucking piece of shit on top of him, you know? I mean, that is one of the most harrowing fucking things I've ever seen. And we've got, you know, we was all about when the internet started. We've all seen, you know, we've even gone and looked for sort of 
really horrific stuff, beheadings. Yeah. And, you know, you can see yeah. all that sort of shit on there. But when you just see someone pleading for their fucking life, and on top of it, it was like one of them things when you see on a wildlife thing, you know, there's a, a small bird trying to get away and an eagle on top of it just fucking pecking away at it, you know, until it's mm. gone. It Call, was calling, fucking Calling harrowing. for his mum. Oh, who'd been dead for two stretch? Sorry, for two years. Yeah. It was yeah. fucking awful. And, you know, if that's if, if the legacy that he's left behind him can be what's happening at the moment, then, yeah. you know, fucking good luck. We we have to take we have to take the um, as much as we can all look the positives as as we can from a, a bizarre situation yeah. and, and I think that's what this this episode is about Gary and I think you know every day I do that I try and count my blessings on it and it, yeah it's there there are some bet there are some things that you can take away from it yeah. and the thing that the, the things that you've seen Gary are just really nice yeah. really nice to see. Yeah. And they're in, in they're in in areas that often, like we say, where we we grow up and stuff, like and live. It's like it's easier to sort of like see where that, like you know, at the start of lockdown, it's just like empty shelves in Asda, and and just blaming it all on the sort of like the working class yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. and say no, we, we, there's a there's a there's there's it's got a soul, the working class, and you know people would do want solidarity and do want to help each other out. And I, I just love it; I yeah. really do. Well, if I could just add a add another one, I've just thought of what has been mate, talking here is the creatives during lockdown um, and Black Lives Matter for that. You know, you're, you know, if you can group them both in at the same time, the creatives have got a, a role that isn't written down anywhere, but it's to make people sort of look at things in a different way or change people's perspective or in, enhance it. And during them two moments, lockdown and Black Lives Matter, creatives of all sorts were coming out just off their own back, doing a, a little something, you know, even if they're just drawing a, a or painting a, a picture or doing a, a little few-second song, you know, and putting that up online. All these little, they're like little fucking Lego bricks of positivity. When they're all together, the creatives just fucking knocked it out of the park on social media. 100%. I, I think that that's, that that's a positive, you know, seeing how people in, you know, in creative industries, whether it be music, podcasting, um, you know, or, you know, obviously art, Acting like just how people had no choice other than to to rethink how they you know create and how yeah. you know, and, and how they put it out there and I just think that's been so interesting to see and like you know there's you know right now there's three of us looking at each other on a screen you know which you know this is the first we only used to do on chat roulette like exactly <laughs> but. But, you know, Chris and I haven't sat in the room I'm sitting in together for, fucking hell, months and months and months. And it's like... So there is upsides to it, then. Exactly. (laughs) That's my positive. But, you know, normally the three of us would be sitting somewhere, you know, having this chat, probably having a beer. And it's like... So it's like, okay, right, how do we do this now? And, you know, and the fact that all three of us are recording our vocals separately, that'll all have to get sent over and put together. And But then we also get you know, video content as well now because yeah. it's how things are done now. And, and yeah. you know, I think six months ago, if, you know, your social media feed, you know, had like a Zoom video on it, you wouldn't really know what it was. It's like, what no. are they doing there? And like, now it's it's just like Zoom is like just something that just... Well, s- Skype missed the trick 
and all of a sudden Zoom came out of nowhere. It's like Skype just had to add a few more people onto the call. I can't I really understand that, mm. to be honest with you. But I think it's so stu- true, Stu. But I don't think it... Look, look, just Because I have one foot in the professional world as well, like in the fight, you know, doing you know, sort of like not creative subjects as well. And it has changed so many opinions on working from home. 100%. And it's, and, and it's the way forward. Like I, my level of... There's, we have new we have new potential anxieties. It depends how you manage stress and the fear of the unknown of what's happening with COVID, which is very understandable. That's a new thing. But it's also started to help potentially alleviate us with other things. And like working from home, I've never been fitter, calmer in terms of my work-life balance. And I'm doing the same amount of work, but it's not. I don't have all that travel bullshit. Yeah. And and and, like, and they've realised that people can be trusted to just get on with their jobs yeah. from a, from a distance, and that you can have meetings during the day just to clear up any bits and pieces. Yeah. And that's also good for the environment because it just stops us driving around everywhere. Yeah. Left and right it stops our so. expectations being so high as well. Because yeah, yeah. you know, if we we wouldn't want to put a video out like this six months ago because it's yeah. poor quality or audio even yeah, yeah. because audio. the quality isn't as good and then all of a sudden if it's happening on fucking BBC News then it's good enough for a fucking podcast you know 100%. Yeah. and um, 100%. yeah we, we sh- it's just like the we're the wonky veg of the audio world you know it doesn't matter if there's a few <laughs> little fucking eyes in your potato you know or it's a wonky carrot totally totally and, and, I, and I think you, you, you know I mean you, you said you know that the, the the bullshit of travelling to work, Chris. I mean, I'd suggest, you know, get the train and not have the, the three-hour skateboard journey into work. <laughs> uh, just trying to be you fucking do, rad. You, uh, you do you, mate. You do you with your fucking peroxide blonde hair, mate, and you leave me with my mint green penny ball. Right? <laughs> I'm DJ um, Martin up there. But, but one of the things that... Um, one of the things I did... Uh, you mentioned it's better for the environment as well... Something I should have mentioned at the beginning when I was talking about going for a run, at the very beginning, because we've been blessed with such nice weather, you know, yeah. uh, for our, you know the majority of you know lockdown. Um, but just going for a run in them first few weeks, and not just that that kind of interaction with people, just saying hi. No cars on the road, no aeroplanes nice. in the sky, and it was just a different quiet, and it was yeah. lovely. And I think that maybe kind of made people more inclined to kind of go, all right, because there weren't cars and noise and, yeah. you know, the, the skies were just clear blue and there was no planes. And it was yeah. like, oh, this is... It almost felt like the planet was just having a little system restore. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to... Well, I had to go to Westminster in the first couple of weeks to the hospital up there. And I've come out of Westminster Station and... Big Ben is there, you know, Westminster Bridge, fucking deserted. Yeah. And it felt like I'd walked out during, like, some of the press pools and it hadn't affected me, you know? There was fuck all cars about, you know, the odd bus or whatever going past. But other than that, nothing in the busiest, one of the busiest cities in the world on, like, a Wednesday afternoon at at two o'clock, you know? It was... and, And that, if anything, done the opposite for me... That, that was a little bit... I was with my son as well. And it, it was a little bit fucking scary for us, you know, that it, you realise that it's not just us on our little housing estate. It's the fucking six million people who live in London or, or however, however many it is. Yeah, totally, totally. 
I, I went, I drove into London uh, about two weeks in, uh, and I've never seen. I mean, I I parked up outside where we do the club night with with, with Pip, and that's slap bam in the middle of Shoreditch, and that's well, you know, I don't need to tell you to how busy that area yeah. is, and there wasn't a car on the road, and there wasn't a person anywhere, and I just had to just stop and just breathe it in for like a couple of minutes and think it's never gonna or hopefully it's never gonna be like this again yeah and like and and and, and yeah and like you know last week you know walking from you know walking out of Fenchurch Street Station and not seeing a suit how does that happen yeah you know not yeah. a suit anywhere you know and normally thousands and thousands like and everywhere you walk yeah bizarre because do you remember when we had that volcano thing in Iceland uh, several years ago? Yeah. And yeah. there was no planes flying about. Yeah. And nah. we was me and my missus was taking the kids to school, and I've looked up and I said, "Look, there's no vapor trails in the sky." Mm. I said, "Just fucking remember that blue sky, because you won't ever see it like that again." Yeah. And then seven or eight years down the line, we're seeing it again, and I didn't think I'd ever sort of see that again, yeah. you know. And it's, it's beautiful not to see. All that shit happening, you know, letting the uh, letting the earth breathe a little bit, you know. I don't mean to sound like that too yeah. much, but no, no, I love the idea of that, like just a week off. Yeah, a week off a year where everyone just goes, no one's doing shit. There's not, there's. I mean, it's easy to say that businesses would be like, uh, how do we, how we cope with that? And they'd probably then be twice as busy with their flights and all that in the, in the weeks before. It's a, it's a, it's a nice idea. It's virtuous, but yeah, whether or not we can do it or not, it was really weird. But, uh, it, I, I saw it has showed us that we can survive like this. Yeah. You know that we can cut things down. And yeah. I, I saw a really interesting. Uh, I think it was Coldplay said it um, that, that they were saying like you know they they're, they're going to do less gigs abroad, like because you know of, of the carbon footprint of of flying, you know. You know, around the world to do these these shows, and it's like, but then inverse logic, that yeah, because then a thousand people are going to fly to England because they really want to watch Coldplay play <laughs> yeah, live. Yeah, so yeah. it's like it don't no. work. So it, no, you know. I get, I get it. You know, in it, it come it, like a lot of time these things come from a good place. Yeah, but you know, like for, for, from like zoomed out, the idea is 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 a good. You know, it's solid. It's coming from good intention. But the more you zoom in on the detail, yeah, and what bounces the back, quicker, yeah. the quicker, the quicker it falls apart. You know, and uh, I mean, it, it I does, think that's a lot for it. Does make everyone cool, readjust their work environment, doesn't it? Like you were saying earlier, like where yeah. I am in in the arts, in the visual arts, like no one's been in the gallery for three or four months. Artists are still selling their work. They're selling it more online. So you know, is that going to affect galleries when? When they reopen, yeah. you know, people are spending so much online. People have come accustomed to buying online more, and I know it's going off piste a bit, but you know, it it will just make people think more about how and where their money goes. Hundred percent, and 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 that you know, j- j- just the thought that you know, moving forwards now, like if we was to record this podcast in like another six months' time, we wouldn't need to go. We, you know, it wouldn't be. The conversation will be, um, are you all about, or should we just do it on Zoom? Yeah. And yeah. and that's going to be, a, you know, for me, you know, if I have, like, meetings, if I've got to go into London for a meeting, 
I just think, right, well, that's my whole day written off for like a, yeah. a half hour meeting. Yeah. That will never happen for me again now. Like, I'll yeah. just. Uh, we, we, we did it this week, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. It's like, we, uh, this, this thing, um, the vast majority of what we've got to do here can be done just quickly like this, yeah. half hour, instead of the half hour trip, then the half hour back, and, yeah, and, and, and all the costs. Yeah. And it's just not good for the, you know, shit for the environment. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully we're, we're, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, and, and, you know, definitely, you know, in the, the, the areas that we live in, it seems that, like, you know, we're, we're coming out of, you know, the, 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 the situation slowly and steadily. And, you know, let's, let's not even bring the government into this. Um, but um, as we do come out of it, like, what's, what you got planned, Gal? Um, not too much at the moment. Uh, we, we, Work-wise, um, I'm in a couple of shows coming up. Um, that's about it, really. It's, it's slow. I'm selling stuff online. Um, socially, we haven't got much going on. Um, and the yeah, podcast? that's about it, really. Podcast is. Oh man, I've done one with someone who was on who photographed the. You know when the twin towers um, got hit, he was yeah. the. He took the photo that appeared on Time magazine, and I spoke to him yesterday, and Whoa. he was just saying about his experience and fucking humbling. Properly hungry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that was bringing it out on Seven Eleven wasn't even um, in my mind. Seven Eleven, I can mean Nine Eleven. Yeah. Um, that wasn't even in my mind. We only thought of that um, yesterday as we was as we was talking that it's coming round the corner. So I bring that one out. That was really. It, it, I mean, you know, I'm well known for for talking the iron legs up a donkey. I sat there in fucking silence. Throughout like a, an hour and a half's podcast, it was amazing. I mean, possibly maybe only one of a few times that we've ever sat quiet and open mouth was probably yeah, your first episode, Gal. <sighs> like, uh, and that weren't that weren't Absolutely. down to you just rabbiting away nonsense. That was down to you telling you know an incredible, uh, yeah. an incredible story. And um, yeah, we we, we 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 can't recommend you know anybody that's not heard that to, to you know go back and listen because it's a you know it often is, is one of the episodes as mentioned at the beginning that people go for, for sure that was and, and also favorites. check out uh, we'll we link you with um you know your your page and uh, to your artwork and okay. stuff like that because it's, it's awesome man I, I really always like the themes and you've always i think you, you've got you like the story of artists and uh, and you know how they come about to their art and i think whenever you've released stuff there's always such a strong um, like concept behind it, and and just to say thank you for the kind letter that you sent me and Shu the other the other month oh, and the uh, and the artwork, mate. Honestly, it, it, it means the world, it really does, man. man. So yeah, mate, thank you very million. much for that, bro. Oh, cheers. Um, so we get a pound of download as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I'll send you a bill over then. Yes, yeah, Gal. Thank you so much, mate. It's always thank a pleasure chatting to you, mate. And use all the best, mate. Thank you very much, Chris. All the best, Steve. Mate, mate. pleasure. Hello. Just before we get on with today's episode, Chris and I want to tell you all about our Patreon page. It won't take long, but we think you're going to want to hear it because you're missing out. Quite frankly, all the more risque stuff that we sometimes think, oh, can we get away with that? Uh, we put it on our Patreon pages. And there's over 150 episodes uh, for our $10 subscribers. Absolutely. So for well, whatever that works out in UK pounds, what's that, about £7.50 a month? Yeah, for, for the price of a bag of chips, uh, for a Savoy and chips, 
you can actually have us in your ears four times extra a month. That's four episodes minimum that we put out um, exclusively for Patreons. Plus, um, there's loads of... We video most of our episodes now and the videos. You can watch all of the podcasts now over on Patreon as well. Um, we put up loads of other unique content over there, yeah, don't there's, we? Yeah, there's, there's pictures there. It's basically our version of our OnlyFans account, isn't it, basically? So you, you exactly. get the sort of pictures on there of, of the behind the scenes of Stu tucking into a pot noodle, basically. Sort of stuff you, that shouldn't be available to the public. No one needs to see that. But that's all. We just thought we'd give you a quick heads up that if you're enjoying these podcasts, then be aware for like £7.50, you can go and listen to over 150 exclusive episodes. And there's some great ones over there with previous guests as well. Um, loads of names that you're going to recognise if you've been listening to, to the, 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 the weekly podcast we put out. And yeah, and also, if you are a subscriber, we're more than likely to do one of your top fives if you recommend it because we prioritise the patrons first, don't we, as well? Absolutely, yeah. So we, we we try and sort of do as many top five suggested by you lot as well. So uh, yeah, head over to Patreon. Where can they find out about it, Chris? Uh, Patreon dot com forward slash hardcore listing. Easy peasy, and you can watch an intro video there as well of us in jacuzzis and doing sexy stuff with Gal Porter. With Gal Porter, not doing sexy stuff with Gal Porter. Can I just clear clear that up, <laughs> Gal? I'm not trying to drag your name through the mud. <laughs> and Scroobius Pip. Yeah. <laughs> All right. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash hardcore listing. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.